Hey guys, it's Kristen Carney. Welcome to another episode of the Mentally Chill Podcast, a show where we talk shit about depression and mental health because how else do you normalize something than talking totally normally about it? Like as if it's the girl you went to high school with or the trip you took to the grocery store. That's how we talk about depression here. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited about today's episode because not only do we have one of my favorite guests back, Mike Carano, but we also have Dr. Drew Pinsky on the show. And you guys know Dr. Drew from tons of things like Celebrity Rehab, Loveline, his radio stuff. He's all over the place. So I'm really glad that he's here because he adds a level of eloquence, I would say, to the conversation. Because if you've heard Mike and I do the show before, you know that we like to indulge ourselves in our misery. So we do that, but Dr. Drew brings us back to reality. And uh, there's not one specific topic that we're talking about. It's really everything I'm calling today's show, like a smorgasbord of depression and mental health talk. So I hope you enjoy it. But before you get to it, of course, I have to say thank you to the new subscriber on Patreon, Ricky. Thanks for joining. And if anyone's waiting on a picture or a t-shirt, those are in the mail. So stay patient. They're coming. And if you want to join Patreon, you can always do so at patreon.com slash mentally chill to take advantage of the things we do on there like movie nights and live streams and uh, mini pods, all sorts of things. So yeah, patreon.com slash mentally chill. But until then, please enjoy the show. You know what the worst part for me is? If somebody's watching me record something and we do it over and over, oh God. I, just, I am concerned they're judging me if I don't come up with something completely <laughs> new and unique every time. I know. And it's uh. incredibly stressful. Uh. Well, yeah. that's kind of why I've had to turn down the volume I'm doing stand-up because I... I know in my mind these are not original. Like I've done these jokes now fifty yeah. times. They see right through me. I'm a liar. They've made. <laughs> I never didn't. S- I didn't just break up with my boyfriend. <laughs> right, but that's what's in my head when I'm trying to yeah. deliver a punchline. I wasn't line. on a plane yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> me and Mike are too similar. Yep. Just the brains won't shut up. So, uh, thank you for coming. Pleasure. And I we've s- never been romantically linked. Do you know why? You and I. <laughs> She's too ugly. Oh, I see. <laughs> and he's too uh, <laughs> smart. So for real, it's the go. It's I'm too ugly. Um, <laughs> Better hair though, great hair. No, you have a nice hair. I have okay hair. What is going on here? <laughs> what is going on? I, 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 I want to steer the show away from suicide <laughs> to us just flirting until we're in love with well, each other. Well, it's not going to be suicide. It's going to be religion and mental health. Religion and mental health. Yeah, because okay. Mike said you can speak on that. I can, yeah. Okay, a cool. Well, it's such a fascinating topic to me, and I don't know enough about anything psychologically wise or religion wise to speak on it with just a friend, you know? So. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm in a position to speak with authority, but, I, but I've thought a bit about it. Amongst uh, the three of us, you are. Okay, amongst <laughs> yes. the three, I, I'll take that mantle, no problem. Uh, why did I get the impression we were talking about suicide? Well, the show, the host of the show committed Mike suicide. Mike pitched it to me that way. Oh, I thought, I thought that's oh what we it was. can talk about suicide, no, 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 of no, no, course. No, I thought that's what it was. I thought you pitched it as religion and... Because I said, hey, you said Dr. Oh, Drew could talk on... I didn't know I was even pitching it. I thought <laughs> Gary pitched it to you. You're such a fuck-up. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Who invited this guy? This guy I'll did. talk about anything you want to talk about. Okay, well, let's talk about both. Okay. Because since Stevie did pass away, it's been roughly a year. It'll be a year on July and, 2nd. And suicide has been increasing at an extraordinary rate ever since. Right. I've never had... Especially for young women. Yes, especially for young women and um, people that are successful. 
Uh, which I don't think that's true. I, I just think that's as always the the people that are in public are reflective of what's going on at large. Right, right, right. So. But I do want to talk about that because Mike forced it. So yeah, we have to. Yes, now now I feel completely. Uh, <laughs> you should. We're judged. You, you know You're which judged. suicides always crack me up in a weird way, like in a. Uh, the, in a this uh, is insanity way, are okay. the people that jumped out of a building when they lost their money in the twenties? Oh, that's sort of cartoonish, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I have no, I still have a family. It's, at like, home. it's like the, it's like the Monopoly man jumps out yeah. the window. <laughs> <laughs> he he passes go though on the way down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was. I don't think that happened very much. I, I think that became sort of you know just like we have fake news today. I think that sort of became a moniker. Or, you or think sort that of a was placeholder, but it didn't happen that much. That the same guy that came up with that was the same guy that came up with the wearing a barrel with suspenders when yes. you're super poor. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There, there are things there are things that capture the public imagination. We today we just call them fake news. <laughs> but I wonder what the guy was that actually did wear the barrel. How did that How did that take off? There's no internet to spread it. Exactly. You know, to go viral. How does it stick? I know. We all know newspapers. It. They had pictures. Oh, right. They, they read. They, yeah, they, people read. Reading. Right. People reading. What a concept. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he went out on the street corner with his barrel. Asking for a brother, can you spare a dime? Yeah. Well, okay, since uh, since we were Mike crowbarred this in, the suicide stuff, let's yeah. talk about suicide. Crowbarring it into poverty. <laughs> poverty talk. So what's going on? What's happening? We don't know. Uh, we thought it was the opiate epidemic. And we thought it was the economy and uh, sort of dis- despair amongst uh, middle-aged Caucasian men. Now it turns out it's young women, and they're doing it by means that uh, were usually reserved for males historically. Some people are thinking that it's the workplace stress and the sort of the more masculine uh, 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 role we're trying role, to take on. And so you're adopting all aspects, including how you kill yourself. Right. Uh, I don't know. What are the masculine ways to commit suicide? Shoot, is that gun, hanging? Gun and hanging, yeah. The, it, the hanging is so upsetting to me because it's the vision of it. Mm-hmm. It is. Isn't, and isn't most that a message? Yeah, sometimes. But you, usually, I, I remember I used to, I used to, I spent many, many years working in a psychiatric hospital and there were old time psychiatrists there and there was, and I would just pick their brains and listen to them and stuff. And there was this one guy who said, you know, when they hang themselves, he felt it was a moment of like intense, almost psychotic, like, not aggression, but some sort of impre- you know, impulsive act where they have to end it now. They feel the world's better off without them. They, the pain's got to stop. They're almost in a psychotic state where they can't imagine going on. It okay. just seems like all suicide would be a psychotic state in a way. Kind of. It's not truly psychotic, but he, he thought of it that way. What's that, Mike? You just said something interesting because I've had suicidal thoughts and I've never once thought the world would, would be better without me. Me neither. Yeah. This is why That's we're why you similar. Killed, you haven't killed yourself. Well, we're both very narcissistic in a sense because mm-hmm. we've talked in about. Sense. <laughs> I mean, I guess we just are narcissistic, but we've talked each time you've been in on a the sense. show. <laughs> I love the out. Some people would say I'm a selfish uh, asshole in a sense. <laughs> in a manner of speaking. <laughs> well, because you've been on the show talking before about how the world would just go on if you're gone yeah. as if you never existed, and that's yeah. so devastating, and I feel the same way because I said Michael Jackson, like he couldn't even stop the world when he died. How yeah. are we going to stop the world when exactly. we die? So and, it's almost and then you insist upon that if you're going to commit suicide. You insist upon the world stopping. Oh, yeah. And then if yes. it didn't, I'd be like, well, that was a waste of yeah. a suicide. Oh but what about God. people that walk, into a, that walk into a building and kill a bunch of people, then kill themselves? Is that sort of like a, I'm going to assure my... No, because it, I, I, it's a little confusing to me, too, because I'm so a million miles away from any of that kind of thinking. But what my colleagues tell me is that it's, it's that if you can kill yourself, if your life has no meaning, it's pretty easy to not have anybody else's life have any meaning. So to take other people out at the same time is pretty common. Ah, that makes sense. Especially for narcissistic men. 
we do that often, especially when they want to get back at their wives. I apologize, putting some drops in. When they want to get back at their wife. Yeah. Oh, for like uh, breakups, okay, kind of stuff. They take the kids out. Oh yeah, it's all about me, man. Well, the murder suicide. Dimitri Martin had a really funny joke where he said, "That's got to be awkward once you kill him, and then you're on the other side, and you're like, ah, sorry about that back there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was thinking, geez, it's kind of warm in here. You know, like that's one of my favorite jokes actually. But uh, I, I have fantasized about suicide and. I don't think I'd ever actually do it because I've never gotten to the point where I've imagined how I would do it. My, I just, so you have suicidal ideation without a plan. Yeah. and Because there's suicidal intent, there's suicidal ideation, and then there's suicidal planning. Yeah, and I've never different. hit that point. Plus, I'm not Mike a planner. Something, I'm not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a spur-of-the-moment guy. Yeah. Mike said something I'm crazy it. about suicide last week. Do you remember telling this to me? Um, I don't know what it was. Really? Was this when I was feeling it or... You were saying how you felt about oh, it. Oh, I, I, that's true. Yeah, well, very on. true. I was, I was, I, I, I'm under a lot of duress right now. I'm learning to get a handle on it. I'm always under stress, so I can't say like, "Oh, I'm stressed out." You should but be good at it by now. Yeah, I should be really good at it. But I was very, very. He's very good at it. He doesn't have to like it. <laughs> that's I was true. feeling <laughs> the pressure, and all of a sudden, I just had this epiphany, and I mean this completely sincerely. I went. I can just kill myself. And all of these concerns are gone. My IRS bill is gone. My, the expectations for this project I'm working on are gone. Every, my rent, I don't have to pay my rent, my car payment, my visa, my American Express payment. I'm like, I, I have the power to just take all of this stuff away right now. And it actually made me feel happy. I sort of started smiling and I was like, oh, there, I, there's an out completely for all this shit. Yeah. And it made me forge ahead Weird. It's almost yeah. like an epiphany. You know, you're yeah. like, oh, I have this option, it's, but it's then a, yeah. it's kind of an existential sort of uh, limit, right? It's like I, I'm up against my existential limit, and I want to move on. And it's one more yeah. door. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm locked in a room, and then someone goes, "There's another door to get out of this room," and you're like, oh, thank God that door. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. But I'm glad that I know that door is there. Weird. But it's yeah. dangerous because when you're not in the right frame of mind, it, it, that it door feels becomes like Taimu or something. Yeah. That's, sort of, that's the way he was thinking. Yeah. So what do you think about, what are your thoughts on Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain? Uh, so just out, Bourdain, uh, no blood or no alcohol or drugs in the system. So that starts to l- reduce the probability of what this was. Uh, he was an alcohol, you know, a heroin addict who drank, so that his life is in danger all the time. Right. Now, heroin addicts who drink, there's this series, Patrick Melrose out there right now, I recommend it strongly, which is an exploration of heroin addicts who become alcoholics. And... It endangers your life in a million different ways, including a mood disturbance. So mood disturbance, depression, still a possibility here, suicide, that kind of thing. But he was planning on working the next day. He would not been depressed. So he weird. didn't even know. It. He's, a, he's a guy that wants everyone to know his, his thoughts a lot of the time. Something's not right. So, so in a way, missing. that sounds like a psychotic break because mm, of the hanging. I don't know. Something's missing. Just something need, is missing. Yeah. More information to be revealed. So you want me to, you want me to speculate yes. the, so you don't get in trouble? Yes. Hanging himself while he was masturbating? Possibility. <gasps> Opiate eggs do that routinely. No. Yeah, it's very common. You, do, do you mean that no? Wouldn't well, you rather know it was that than No, than I'd rather just straight up suicide. I'd rather know he was searching for a better orgasm. Yeah, well, what about his girlfriend had said stuff that yeah. he had sought, sought out help in the weeks coming okay. and didn't yeah. listen to his doctor? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You or know. maybe, uh, who knows? Yeah. There's a lot missing. There's stuff missing. This is a complicated case. Is it selfish that we want to know why people did it? 
I was just talking about this on my last episode. Yeah. I would not call it selfish. It's just natural. It's curiosity. Yeah, we just want to make sense of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's one of those tough things about mental health. A lot of stuff doesn't make sense. Right. It's just this, there was an estate and that was that. Um, and then Kate Spade obviously chronically depressed. Again, pills now involved. I knew it. And, and maybe some alcohol. You know, Did it come out that she had? Pills. She was being prescribed m- multiple benzodiazepines, apparently. Multiple, quote, anxiety medicines, which is like, that should never happen. And she was taking them all at the same time. Uh, who knows? But I, I blame the doctor. Wait, is Celexa going to kill me? No. Damn it. All of a sudden, I'm defensive now. First half of the show, I want to kill myself. Second half, no, no, what? Don't put me in danger. Without, that door may look better to you. I'm all saying. Well, you said uh, that uh, Bourdain had some (coughs) history with heroin and drugs. And Stevie said uh, on one of our podcasts that she did a lot of drugs in high school. And she thinks that her brain was never right afterward. Happens. Happens a lot. Uh, I know a lot of p- people uh, who did, usually it takes a lot of drugs to do that, but I certainly see many people are still struggle with mood problems forever after that. They 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 never find anything they like as much as drugs and alcohol, and they never feel whole again, never feel right. What do you think about um, microdosing? We don't know. Have no what idea. is that? What is microdosing? Uh, all, it's it's taking small doses of LSD to try to improve your mood. The c- people I've spoken to that have had positive responses are not. See, this is the problem. They don't even know what they're doing. They what they're treating. The ones I've talked to were not even treating a mood disturbances. They were actually treating post traumatic stress disorder, and they didn't even know it. Oh. And but they got the ones that got had positive response. I think it was PTSD they were treating. So I mean, this is wild, wild west time. This right. People don't know what they're doing. Well, I and, did a show show recently on um, this guy. Uh, I believe it will have utility. By the way, it will. You but do we, think we, so? Oh, absolutely. But we got to do the research and the insanity that we've been unable to do that research because oh, it's a bad, you know, bad molecule. That's effed up. Right. Yeah. This kid came on my podcast a couple weeks ago and talked about how he's getting ketamine infusions. Oh, to those treat. were great. He he said yeah, it, it's like a are, miracle. Yeah, those are amazing, particularly with recalcitrant depressions. So even though it's not FDA approved, it's Do- doctors are doing it like crazy. How do they do that legally? Like, how is that a legal thing? We can do anything we want. Really? Yeah, I can do brain surgery on you right now if I wanted. Let's to. do it. Yeah, let's do it's it. I need some new cells. Numbers, can you put numbers. in some new cells? It's just we we all top of the iTunes. We show. know the liability. We have professional standards. We stay within. Wait, our does that mean I get to assist? Yeah, that's right. But that's why some people get. You know, there was a dermatologist or something that was doing breast implants in Florida and got in trouble because she was dancing during. Oh yeah, day. I saw that today. Yeah, she was a dermatologist. She was making music videos while she was doing surgery as and a dermatologist, as a, not but, as a plastic surgeon. But she was doing plastic surgery, though, right? And, didn't have and a, dancing on top. Did of not that. have the right training, and that was bad. That's bad. It'd be okay if she was a dermatologist dancing doing dermatology. Yeah, doing a lack. <laughs> what kind of person okay's that? I Listen, know. I'm going to cut you open, make some adjustments. Cheap. And dance and film it. <laughs> Did the patient approve it? Uh, you couldn't identify the patient, but that was one of the oh. concerns. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so weird. Yeah, it's bad. Why, this bad world judgment. is so weird. So weird. Is, are we unraveling yeah. or what? Uh, we are. Yeah. And they're taking me with them. Like I don't want to unravel. This is I'm being dragged in by my feet. I'm so angry about this this barrel thing now. Thinking <laughs> that it was a cart. Th- no, but I'm I'm now stuff's popping into my head like. There's an ad on a famous talk radio station out here that runs 800 times a day, and the guy goes, I went to four doctors, and they all said, no, I couldn't have LASIK until I went to Dr. So-and-so. And And I'm like, what asshole goes to four doctors? It just occurred to me. Nobody. What asshole, what asshole goes to four what doctors, and they all say no, and then you're like, I'll find a guy. What asshole believes that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, he obviously went to a bad doctor to get the approval. Like That's the bad I mean. doctor said yes. I went to 20 doctors and no one would prescribe me <laughs> drugs. Finally, 
I found this guy. He said, no problem. God, I don't know. Well, that's not to bring it super dark, but then I go, well, I don't want to. This world is so. All right. So what did you. So this bridges us over to the religion conversation. So what did you want to say about that? What were you thinking about? Well, there were a couple different, I guess, uh, ideas within the conversation. So I have them written down. One would be how can religion and spirituality help mental illness? But then two, how does religious fervor or when does religious fervor cross the line into mental illness? Oh, that's interesting. We, there's no magic line on that. But uh, what's the difference? How do we differentiate it's, between? It's, it's hard. It's very difficult to, if you're abusing somebody with it, that's mental illness. If you are unable to reality assess, your reality testing goes off because of your religious beliefs. That's a problem. Is that when people are in the gray area where they firmly preach one thing and they do something totally differently? That's sort of more cognitive dissonance. That's more of a cognitive thing. But wouldn't that beat up your self-esteem and, and make your... Uh, wouldn't your that word. cause a sort of depression? Like if I tell yeah. you no sex before marriage and I'm out with hookers and stuff... And, yeah, people, and, but people compartmentalize. They may or may not feel guilt about that. They may justify it to themselves, deny it, that kind of thing. But, but once you realize you're a fraud, sort of, to an extent, doesn't yeah. the whole entire thing... Look like it's not real to No, you? you look like a bad person to them. They, I'm, I'm sinful, I'm bad. The, okay. the, the religion is still correct, I'm just a bad person. The and, other th- and that's what the religion tells me, I'm a bad person. The other thing is uh, that I wanted to chat about would be um, people using, I guess this is maybe what you guys were just saying, using religion to have power over people. And what me- mental illness do they have? Like the rich narcissism, preachers. And, narcissism. But there's a difference. So like Mike and I. Or sociopaths. Nar- narcissists. Kind of, right? Sort of. Sort of ish. And then the preachers you, you might say. <laughs> Narcissists and, and would say we're like them because of our likability. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're so wonderful. That's right. But then the preachers that are such narcissists, but they seem to be okay with hurting people along the way or taking advantage of people. They don't, they, they're sociopaths. They almost seem like CEOs to me, sort of. Yeah, like the stereotypical business guy and his business happens to be leading people and harnessing the Bible. When, whenever whenever you see people exploiting other people without concern, that's sociopathy. Yeah. I mean, they may not believe they're hurting other people. They may be sort of locked into some system where they believe it's all for the good. Okay, whatever. But if you're really hurting other people and you can't see it and it's all for your good, that's a problem. Do you guys think there's any religious leader that actually believes that... The, that they are doing good. Yeah, I'm sure there are lots of them. I'm sure there are plenty that do do good. I'm I sure think the it. ones that don't have private jets. Yeah, you like that guy that wants his fourth jet? <laughs> yeah, that's, I just saw that recently. Yeah. How, but that's got to be delusional thinking, too. Uh, listen, I talked about it on the radio, and people called up screaming at me, defending him, that you don't understand, you want to see your... You want to see your oh, my you God, they're so brainwashed. The yeah, completely. That you're going to be sharing this one day, that, of course, your preacher, your minister gets this because it's you that's going to share in the glory uh, you know on his no, heels no no your money's going to his jet period that's it's that. like me i'm not happy for women comedians when they get a special i'm mad <laughs> no, no, i don't no care com- they're doing no good happy. I, how can i'm you? increasingly thinking that people need something like religion in their life I, i'm increasingly convinced of that i think we have we have developed a time when people develop religious fervor about nothing about the earth being flat about right. whether addiction is a disease, about I, I just ridiculous things, absolutely ridiculous. And then they then part of this, I, I can't hear things because it offends me. Yeah. The corollary of that, or the, the sort of handmaiden of that is, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's just the way it is. I just believe it. It's like, that's, that's crazy. 
completely crazy, and then be religiously f- intense about it and not be willing to have discourse about it. I see a lot of that where somebody wants to give you their opinion and then immediately goes, I don't want to talk about this now. Yeah, it's just, just what I believe. It's like, I'm going to make a bad analogy. I didn't mean either. Well, it's kind of like crop analogy. dusting, like farting. Like you're just like, I just want to leave this with you guys. I'm going to be on my thank way. You, thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. But, but how, do we, how do we find something to focus people on is my question. And, and maybe we need something like a religion make a resurgence, but not religious excess. Right. Excess, Isn't all distractions sort of like religion? Like there's people that yeah. come home sports and just watch teams, TV for yeah, five sports hours. Sports teams or, or but having a scapegoat is another sort of thing or a yeah. common enemy we need. So, something to sort of get us realigned in some way. I don't know what it is. It just seems We like are total shit people, right? Yes. But the, the good news is these things can also be supportive and reparative and important. And certainly in, in people's recovery from things like addiction, that's an essential feature of... It's and an I, essential I, feature, though, because it's something that you can lay, you can I, take this weight off of your shoulders and lay it on this other entity. Nah, I guess that's maybe how you experience it, but I think fundamentally humans have got to be humble, and part of that is accepting something bigger than self. I also believe that people have to be interpersonally connected. And I, I think that's where real spirituality is, is but between and amongst people. I really ma- think that's where the magic occurs. But out of all the people that are religious, how many do you think are doing it out of wanting there to actually be a bigger meaning to life? And then how many are doing it out of just needing hope or something to cling on to, to identify themselves with so they don't feel so aimless? I think it's a combination, right? And and, yeah. and this is, if you really just accept what we this might be, which is just we're here and then we're gone, that is... Well, right. That does not bother me at all. You ever heard of Pascal's wager? Pascal's wager is, you know, you wager uh, whether or not this is life and you have to lead a certain, you lead it however you wish, versus you lead a certain kind of life and you get eternal happiness. And, you know, one is you you wager it all, you get nothing. The other is wager it all, wager. My thing is, what he doesn't take into account is that if this is all there is, you're wasting, uh, your wager is wasting the thing that's most precious. Well, you, we've discussed this many times. You and I? Wasting time. How yeah. much time I waste and how I beat myself up over yes, it. Yes, you do do that. But You should have seen me today, the day I wasted. You have no idea. Yeah. Just got out of I, bed, got dressed, then went back to bed, yeah. then went and got a coffee, then went on my you computer. You already beat Mike. You already beat Mike. Yeah. I know. All I did was nothing, and then he told me I have to go to the hospital because I might have a heart condition. <laughs> so that's like... <laughs> Don't waste your time because you're going to be dead with this heart condition soon. I know. I want to be careful to get taken care of. I, I definitely uh, have an overwhelming sense of I'm, I'm wasting life. And, you know, part of this whole project that I'm working on is trying to take Nikki, my sister getting killed, and turn it into a positive by living a full good life. And trying to find meaning in it. Not meaning, no. just, just live, like going to bed every night knowing that was a good day. It, whether I just wash my car and make a few phone calls, just knowing... Not going, I just wasted another day fucking around. But it seems like you're the type that no matter what you do, you'll consider it a waste. No. Really? No, I've had great days. I've had days where I got up, I meditated, I wrote, I went for a hike, I got some work done, and I went to bed at night feeling like that was a nice day. I, 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 I got stuff done. I was sort of of service to people. I spoke to people. We've had many, many discussions about this personal interaction thing, about how it's the, you know, there's the three keys 
you know, the personal relationship, you're relatively content with your work, and you socialize. Right. And how those, if one of those three elements is missing, you're you're going to feel dissatisfied. Work, love, and play, yeah. essentially. Yeah, I have sleep. None eat, of those. Well, I have one of those. Crop dust. Work. You have work. I have love. Okay, good. But love is in another city. Wait, what the fuck? I'm out of here. <laughs> so for me, my days feel so uh, unfulfilling right now because I'm not you know, going to a job or something every day. I'm essentially alone. I don't really play because I don't, I don't really like to have fun. I don't, I don't, that sounds like a downer, but I I don't, I'm not like into hobbies. That's isolating and and that's very dangerous. Right. And I do that too, because uh, when I get home, that's the only time I feel safe is when I lock the door behind me. See, and frankly, I'm sorry to keep dragging you into this, but you're aware of that. I dread everything, right? Like we had this discussion, like last time we went to dinner or something. I was like, I dreaded this. And and once I'm there, it's great. And I love our conversation. I'm the same way. Like today I was totally dreading this here. I'm fine. Yeah. Is it it's w- every day of my life. Break it's, down the dread. Is it's it wanting to be alone so you don't have to be exposed and so you don't have to... I, I, there's a million fears, I'm sure, of being found out to be a fraud. Uh, there's just everything. Like I don't, You don't want to expose yourself. I, I want to isolate all the time. Again, like when I'm out somewhere, I cannot wait to get home yeah. and close that door behind me. And it's like a, I can take a breath. It's like, oh back inside no one's in here well the way i describe it i have the same feeling and i always say it's like going to a pool and you want to jump in because you know how refreshing it's going to be but the water's kind of chilly and it's just like oh no i'll put a toe in and then just pull it out immediately that's me being social or leaving the house or doing anything that involves is, is living there, is there <laughs> really and I'm not, it's a lot is there is there a uh an issue of stamina? Does it feel like an overwhelming task? Yes. Or is it, or is it anxiety about being in a social environment? For me, it's, it feels like an overwhelming task. So stamina is low. When you're on antidepressants, is that better? The only difference I really feel when I'm on antidepressants or when I was on the Effexor is that it made it easier to get out of bed. So it's more stamina. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I, but I did still feel dread. So like I do... I've done stand-up comedy for many years up until the past year, essentially when I went off of antidepressants. But doing like anything leading up to getting on stage, biggest nightmare. I would have crippling anxiety. I would go into like deep self-hatred. I wouldn't be able to move. If I had a show that day, all I could do all day long is basically just like lay like a dead person. How long were you in therapy for? Um, For six, seven years. Long time. Same person? Two different people. But I think what happens when I go to therapy is it seems like I'm just talking in circles. I'm saying the same things. Do you have any trauma history? No, I was I was bullied in high school, but I had a great upbringing beyond that. Like I, you know, I I was born essentially with a crossed eye, but I got it fixed. But that Uh those were my first. That that was uh, looking good over there. By the way, like any trauma, because I was like, oh god, here comes trauma. (laughs) Mike abused me. (laughs) No, uh, no. Did you see something bad growing up, like some violent something? No, no. I mean, in terms of family, no. No, no, no. Oh no, no. I never saw anyone get beat up. I never saw anyone die. I never saw accidents or something. No, no accidents. Like I, I, I think I'm a very sensitive person. I'm very susceptible to feeling things very deeply. There's such a thing. And so I think the weight of living every so when i was a kid when you were a kid yeah since i was a kid i never ever ever wanted to get out of bed ever starting at what age uh 
back to, I mean, I'm thinking about waking up for school, probably 12, 11, the earliest mm. memories of not wanting to wake up. And so every single morning, it was like a battle with my mom desperately trying to wake me up to get to school. And I would wake up 10 minutes before the bell would ring. And the school was five minutes away. I'd throw on a pair of pants and I'd nothing, run to school. Nothing ever terrified you as a kid. No. And I, I was a performer. I danced. I performed in Disney World and Europe. And like, I did all these Too things. Too much of that stuff? No. I, well, I... I got really sad when I stopped doing it. So when I graduated mm-hmm. from high school, you know, you had to move on from those teen bopper performance things. And I, but you didn't have dread for that. No, but I, but I had dread going to school and I had dread waking up. But not dread in going these elaborate performances around the world. No, absolutely the best time of my life. Hmm. I mean, I'd have some this dread in terms of like me. going to dan- you know, going to rehearsal or something. I'd be like, ah, you know, just like a typical kid. But. I found so much joy in performing, and then... Do you have joy in anything else now? No. Don't you need to find that? Yeah, but I don't know where to find it, and I thought I would find it in comedy, but comedy just gave me more anxiety. I don't know if I've ever found joy in comedy. I know. Yeah, I don't, they should tell you that, by the way. Joy is not the thing that you're going to find. <laughs> right. This is not what you think it's going to be. That's if, if it brings you joy to be around a bunch of sardonic, angry men. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it, I, well I, I, I'm sure some people interpret being the center of attention as joy, but that yeah. doesn't qualify as joy for me. Mm. Right. But then the minute I do get on stage, I enjoy it. And you have that high and that peak. And then the minute I get off stage, I have probably about a good 20 minutes where I'm happy. Why do I have I'm this happy. very strong feeling that you had some experience of terror that never got sort of dealt with? I must have. But I, I mean, when I so when I was three years old, I uh, my eye started to cross. And so I went to, you know, the doctor and ended up having to have surgery. But my first absolute first memory as a human being is being in the hotel room the night before the surgery and my dad was I wasn't allowed to eat for 24 hours and my dad was having pizza and I love my dad to death but my mom was like John she has she can't eat for 24 hours and my dad was she's fine and then the next morning what I remember is being in the wagon in a red flyer wagon yeah. and being wheeled to a room but I thought things were cool because I had my teddy bear and my crayons and then all of a sudden a gas mask came to my face and that so that's my first memory and then I remember waking up after the surgery vomiting because they gave me too much anesthesia and uh my nurse came over and I asked for a new pillow because I'd thrown up on it. And my nurse came over and flipped it over. And th- I mean, if that's traumatizing, that's what I would guess it would be, even though that's probably not that traumatizing. But but, but, but medical you know, stuff can be terrorizing to kids. Yeah. And I think the aftermath of it wasn't good either because I ended up having bloodshot eyes. Um, I had a, I have um, accommodative esotropia. Uh-huh. And so um, when I would wake. So once I did the surgery. My eyes were bloodshot for about two weeks, and my brother and his, you know, his friends and my cousins were calling me Wolfman. Oh my god! But I know it was in play. F- like you're looking three, back, you're it was three years old. I was three, and That's I was pretty intense. It was very intense. And did you and did you feel like you were turning into something? Or something I felt like a you? monster. A Wolfman. Yeah, that's I, pretty hairy. Come yeah, on now. yeah. But I don't. I guess would Wolf Woman have helped? <laughs> Wolf, Wolf Vixen. <laughs> well, Stevie, when her and I would talk about this, she. Would kids called her Frankenstein because she had a big scar on her, on her forehead, uh. I guess. And so she was like, We should make Wolfman and Frankenstein. Kids are, kids are so awful. <laughs> <They're> so fantastic. <laughs> no, but she's like, We should make Wolfman and Frankenstein t shirts. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that's a great idea, that's a great idea. for our podcast. You said you had isotro- isotropia. What did you have? A, a con- accommodative isotropia. Yeah, so isotropia. So. And so now my eyes held straight by contacts and glasses. So I have my contacts in, but I do have this fear if I take out my contact or if someone. 
I never wear glasses in public. That can look cute when people have a little bit of an off. <laughs> I'm not I, kidding. I, I absolutely agree little, with that. Right? I, I it's, absolutely. It's some it's, of the most. Yeah, but attractive. this isn't a little. This is like full directional confusion. Like I'm looking completely to the right when I'm like you say, Mike, pick that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three mics that bend over. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Well, that was like my one stand-up joke about it is, well, not one, but in the stand-up joke, I would be like, you guys look so great over there. And I'd point to the other side of the audience that I was, you know, uh, so I've tried to be playful with it and stuff. It doesn't but, but again, me, that's but all, that's all trauma stuff. And even though it's easy to, to push it away, it's like, well, you know, people experience a lot worse. Yes, of course. But we don't know what your brain did with it. Right. And sometimes EMDR and things like that can really be helpful. Have What's you done EMDR? the EMDR? What's EMDR? Because that has come so highly recommended to me. I am he shocked that I will. He sure he won't do it. I am then. disregarding <laughs> it completely. It's too good. I have to what force myself to forget about it. It's an eye, strangely an eye movement therapy that helps you get at your parts of your brain that are sort of walled off by trauma, and you oh in, you integrate it into the rest of it. It's very effective. Um, Watch my eye just get stuck crossed from doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a hypnotic kind of a thing, wow. but it specifically Somebody, gets at trauma. One of our mutual friends, um, famous guy, I'm not going to name drop, uh, too late. Now I'm starting to do it. He he <laughs> told me specifically, you got to do this. He goes, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, and he a, it's goes, uncanny. He lost a very close friend, yeah. and he did it. And he goes, it's like I'm two years away from the death immediately. Like it's, once it's I did uncanny, it, wow. And then I brought it up, thinking it was a scam to you, Doctor Drew, and you were like, oh no, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, and it's, I found it's rough with the deep early traumas like this because they're way embedded in the brain, but they, they sometimes very effective. Sometimes. So it's a rapid eye movement to it's, bring it's out. A, it's a it's a procedure. There's a whole way of prepping. for I can it. send you a list of places that do it in town because Anna David does it all the time. She still goes to get it. Good. Yeah. Well, she's having. I can't talk about that. Having what? Personal. So trauma <laughs> stuff. She's, yeah. 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 And so she's going and she she goes, when I leave there, I feel great. How often or, do you have to get it? It's like therapy. Recommend. But you have to, it's yeah. something different. It's, Nonstop. Uh, you, with, 24-7. <laughs> great. But with this kind of deeper stuff, you'd want to do it for a while. And, and you, you essentially watch a light that's moving back and forth. Yeah. And it changes how you bring stuff up, how your brain... Wow. Do you want to know what the most fascinating thing I've ever learned about therapy was when you were telling me that you can actually see new brain tissue Yeah, wiring. Growing. It's a wiring thing. Oh, my yeah. God. That's what, brain, that's what change is. Yeah. Changes your... But there's brain. actually a physical... There's yeah. actually a way on an MRI to see well, the new... Yeah. yeah, that's true. The new, new brain lighting tissue. lighting up and changing. And wow. Well, I, I've said a million times that I wish that I could wipe my brain clean and start from a clean slate and forget my past 30 years. And Why? just because it's, I can't seem to look back on anything with fondness, except like things with my family. But with me, like I look at pictures of myself or something and I'm just like, you fucking idiot. Like, I do too. I and do I too. Can't all, all my old pictures, I'm like, God, I will never. Like, sometimes I think, I'm okay now. I'm not cool, but I'm not what I was right, back right. then. And then I'll see a picture of me now in two years and right. be like, oh, yeah. God, what was that? And it's like I look at it with such discomfort. It's like almost like my entire life feels like puberty. Uh. And I just am like, this is awkward, and I don't want to remember it. And I want to just be who I feel like I really am, but I can't because yeah. of all these memories. You said you want to have your brain wiped. I was Me like, it doesn't work. I saw Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> stuff stays. Analysis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Analysis, Kristen. <laughs> Turn off primary motor functions. I was In the meantime, we both gangbang you. <laughs> wow. Well, I was just playing. Me, I was going along with Westworld. Well, yeah, Me that's too the show. Thing. Oh, okay. Um, wow. I, I consent. Yeah, I apologize. So you guys don't get in trouble. <laughs> You're a robot. Yes. Uh, but but I'm wondering. Okay, I'm sorry I said that. Hang I meant like in, the li in line with the Westworld. It was, it was funny. We get it. it was it, funny. We get I got to get back my concentration though. But it, it, 
I wonder. He's trying to forget the. Rest you have an of erection the, now, memories. and you can't focus. No, on you. God damn it! <laughs> Why all the negativity, this, the self-loathing, and all that kind of stuff? Now, Mike, let's put it this way: Mike had all kinds of tra- all kinds of trauma. He, he comes by it honestly. Exactly, and that's why I feel like such a phony when I'm like, oh, my eye was crossed. It's like, well, this guy was in a fucking cult. No, I don't think you're a phony at all because I, I don't think my childhood was anything... I don't feel like it was any worse than anyone else's. Until you heard the stories. No, but if you actually I, break I it down. He started like, telling me the mom stories finally, and I was like, yeah. oh, for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah, you talked about it on it, a podcast. You know the weirdest thing about that whole thing is none of the four Corano kids ever discussed it or thought it was weird until we became adults. And most importantly, when my brother and his wife had a baby, mm-hmm. we started discussing, can you imagine... Doing that to this like baby, putting making yeah. him live with a guy you say is a rapist, yeah. or making him live in one room in a cult with three other kids with no parents, or can you imagine threatening to kill him or saying you're going to kill yourself on Christmas and uh, you know just for year year and year in year out? I, I mean, that's when we f- started discussing it as adult children. Like before that, we were just like. It's just how life goes. Well, it's like when you're born into a culture and they eat crickets or something. That's yeah. not weird yeah. to you. Ch- children yeah. accept the, the environment. You know, it's like it's like trying to explain to a fish what water is, right? Yeah. It's First like, of all, yeah. You don't yeah. talk to fish. It's, I know it's, it's hard on every level to talk to fish. You're in water. <laughs> 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 well, Doctor Drew is going to say something. I could tell. Like, I, know, I mean, so everything's I, I good. I soiled the you, podcast you, with cru- no the crude. religion thing. We're going. We got to take it back to that because. Because there there is a big piece of spirituality that, however you define it, that can that can fill. Well, my mom will say my mom. I was brought up Catholic, and my mom is a, like a total product of being a schoolgirl in the 1950s Catholicism, and uh, so she's like indoctrinated in the religion. But yeah. she now is very much as she's getting older. She's always been religious, but now she's getting more religious, and mm-hmm. she'll say just go to church and she's not trying to be like a Jesus freak or like be weird about it. But she's like, just, you need some, but then I think when she says that, I think, well, isn't that just a way to trick myself into finding peace? And it's not like I'm, I'm not, not religious, but I'm just not religious. No, I I think if you, if you, I think if you're not grown up in it, it's harder to get deeply into it. Right. It's hard to sort of accept some of the weird rituals and things. Well, we did, we always did the rituals, but they were in a very, I think like shallow way, more traditional. But at the same time, you can go in there and into something and say what, just like you exercise, exercise is sort of a weird thing we do as humans. Maybe there's something of going to church, being part of a community, being going through some rituals that somehow is renewing and with time gets you something. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, 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 but it, from the outside, I just see like, you know, this is a thing we're desperate, we're doing desperately because we don't want to be alone in this world. Isn't the turmoil of knowing in your heart this isn't, this is bullshit. Yet I'm gonna follow this through till well, I take what, my last breath. But that's what I'm saying. Don't do that. Yeah. That should. That, that's not what you have to do in, to be religious. There's yeah. other lots of other benefits. There are a few people that are in a realistic. I don't want to say healthy way. Less religious than me. Like I am anti-religion across the board. But I've seen. I was also anti-alcoholics anonymous for most of my life, and I get it. I get it. I get the purpose of it. And I have a friend who. I have a female friend who found church like five, six years ago, and she loves it. And yeah. she is not some weirdo well, religious person. Right. She just likes the experience. It centers well, her that something. makes me feel good because yeah. when I was in college, I met a couple girls who were born again Christians. Yeah. And that's the to- total opposite of a Catholic. We were brought up kind of just learn, learn to memorize things. Yeah. 
uh, you went through the motions. Humility, quiet. Right. And then you go to this born again Christian church and they're like yelling and everyone's got their hands in the air and they're like, want to be your brother and your sister. And to me, it seems culty. It does. And uh, I was a few times, I went just because my friend wanted me to go, not because I was wanting to be there. But uh, when I went, I got the worst feeling. And I thought I could... I could be alone for the rest of my life and be happier with myself than if I went with these weirdos. Absolutely. But if you want to truly have a, a, a wonderful experience, and I mean this, go to an all-black church. I know. There's one and, on my corner, and, and I want to go. It doesn't matter what they're saying. You're like, I absolutely am bought in a 1,000% because it is pure love. Yeah. And people are loud, and you leave there like going, what just happened? Like, what just happened? Yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, if you guys watch Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, uh, first season, first episode of second season, this just that came out, they make over a black woman from a Baptist church, and it's the most lovely episode, and everyone in it is so amazing. And the whole episode, I was just bawling, yeah. crying. It just felt so good. You could feel the love in the community and the acceptance and all that kind of stuff. It was it was nice. So I can see, I see the benefit, but I just, it's like, again, it's like that takes so much effort and it doesn't. Okay, I'll tell you, that's I'll, why I'm thinking know. the trauma stuff needs to yeah. be kind of sorted out. So Let you me tell you. Regain your, your ability to have spontaneous kinds of activities. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll have these moments where all of a sudden I go, oh my God, I'm not a loser and I can do things and I am worthy and I have an amazing you know, support system that is setting me up to be able to do these things. And then that lasts for about five minutes at the most and then i go oh my god am i manic was that was i having this manic f- moment or is that those, how normal people do you feel have manic moments where you get super excited no that's that's the I most do. manic i, I get feel. like shaky like I, I figured it out oh my god i know what i'm gonna do i i, I got it and that lasts about 40 minutes and then about when, whenever whenever you or anybody else says i figured it out <laughs> that, that's a that's a sign. but i mean i, I have never these, gonna figure i it have out. these moments where i'm in the car and i can't wipe the smile off my face because i'm so excited about something i thought about and it is truly erased from my memory four hours later like I, i'm just what saying was I, that? I figured it out is a classic manic statement mm-hmm. yeah i figured it out you feel this el- 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 yeah. elated effusive yeah. you know okay, expansive well, like you were saying with the door understanding. for suicide yeah. You figured yeah. it out, you know. <laughs> that was a little yeah. different. But, okay, so so the most I, I don't know if this is going to sound really shallow or cheesy, but I do believe in. I I do love spirituality, and for me, is that since twelve step or no? No, it's. For me, maybe there's a satisfaction when I do something for somebody that's nice that I yeah. think is a spiritual thing. Yeah, but this is going to be a super cheesy example. But okay. I think about sitting. Sitting at the Greek theater, watching Lyle Lovett on stage with this beautiful band of the greatest musicians for that kind of music you could imagine. And it just is the perfect place I want to be yeah. here yeah. right now listening to this on a warm night. So and it's a spiritual that makes experience. me feel uh, like God. Like I feel so not like I'm God, but it feels like this connected, is God. Connected to something. Yeah. Or there's times where I'll leave a, a show like Les Miserables or I'll leave a movie and you feel like it took you to a place that d- isn't normal and, and it took you it it carried you along this yes. weird cyclical journey and i feel like that is like spiritual. spiritual yeah i i we're so the same i feel that whenever my drug i always say is going to the movies because you're in a place that's like bigger than life and it feels so 
uh, like the senses are heightened and it's a shared experience mm -hmm. and it feels like what life should really be, which is way more momentous than it actually is. And I think I get depressed by the like just the mediocrity or the averageness of every day. Because I think when I was in my performing group and it, just mm. loving dancing, it felt big and it felt like there were lights and camera, you know, even though there were no cameras. It can felt you go like back to something like that? Is there something? Can well, you, comedy. You she was. Well, I well then I started doing the comedy stuff, and I thought that that would lead me there. But it was such a different process. And in comedy, it's so as a stand-up, not like an improviser, but it's a stand-up. It's so isolating, and it's so just you. Can you can you uh, like uh, uh, I, uh, choreograph other people and maybe get it that way? Well, I've kind of thought about going back to dance, but I was away from it for so long that I'm now. It's like I'm light years away. Yeah, from but maybe you could you could get other people into that experience and sort of vicariously. Yeah. Get a troupe together or something that you choreograph. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I think I just lack the drive. I just go, eh, what's the point? You, you get know. that feeling back. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I was talking about the other day. I do. Um, I have a Patreon page. And uh, on the Patreon page, I do these short mini pods where it's just me talking. And I don't know why anyone would listen, but I was talking Good about. Good sales pitch. Thank you. We, <laughs> do, the, we, do, this, we do the same thing. <laughs> hey, I've got t-shirts <laughs> available. I wouldn't buy would one if I were one. you. <laughs> Losers. But if you want one, go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. I'm getting depressed just being around you, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, my esteem is wasting away. <laughs> oh, my leaking God. Leaking out of me. That would be a fun <laughs> show, like, see if we can make someone depressed. Oh. Yeah, well, we did a it. Lot of I fun. mean, we already did it. It's, th this, <laughs> every, everything that we go through, like, all I want, and I feel like I get it a little bit, and I can't manage to push it into my thick brain. I, I, I feel like I get... So, baby steps to the solution and they work and i don't do and then it you because hack it off at the of knees. my fu attitude or my running away or my afraid to be exposed or whatever this fear is that i have because we have all the three of us have heard me talk about the changes i made recently with writing every single day trying to meditate and exercising every day and then working and all of a sudden i found myself in a pretty goddamn good mental state for about seven to ten days. Better sabotage that. Mm -hmm. And I stopped all of it. Better and I still that. had a good mood for about four more days. And then all of a sudden, what the fuck just happened? And I, it did not even occur to me that I stopped meditating, I stopped writing, and I didn't do any work. And you, you, you brought up a new theme actually three times on this show that I've not heard from you ever. Okay. Fraud. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that, like that all the that, time. That's a new theme. No, it's always been the case. I always feel like a, I feel like I'm fooling everybody no nah, you've not brought it front and center like you have last today well i'm saving a few things so our relationship <laughs> lasts well see that's the difference this see mike's doing better than me because you think you're fooling everybody i think i'm a fraud and i haven't fooled anybody and everyone knows everything that i'm not funny i shouldn't be doing a show i'm only here because x y and z and you know so i haven't even got an to uplifting the program <laughs> <laughs> It's like up with people. I know. <laughs> up, but up it's almost people. like I've said this before, and I'm sure Mike would feel the same way, and this is why you sabotage yourself. If I feel happy, then who am I? Then I lose all of the like comedy. I lose oh, the... I, I'm way past that point because I, I got over that. My question is, what if I get what I think I want and I'm still sad? Unhappy, right. Then, then there is no help. Yeah, there's no hope after that. Yeah. Which is the what scariest part. What does Security, yeah. like safe, like I want to be safe and yeah. and secure. You know, I I don't feel safe ever. 
and I, I just want to feel com- not not money wise, just comfortable. I want to not not have to stress out about what happens at the end of this month when I don't run out, run out of money. What happens next month? What happens next year when the IRS is here again? You know, I just I want to feel. I mean, it goes back to isolation again. I want to live in a house with a big wall around it and not come out. Not all the time, but that's my go-to. That's my go-to fantasy as I get to buy this house. All of my bills are paid for whatever I think the rest of my life is. There's a big <laughs> wall around it. People deliver food. I don't have to see <laughs> they them. They throw it over the wall. Whatever happens, you know. I mean, I realize today how I am like a Tarzan. <laughs> Meaning, like I was left with apes. I'm Jane, and I don't know how to do real life. Even though you were more like Romulus and Remus, you were left, you were raised by wolves. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, uh, today, today that would have been a step up. Okay, this has been coming for months. You know the changes I'm making, and I'm I'm being more financially responsible. I'm facing my issues head on, not just disregarding them. I'm paying bills instead. I saw you even sold all those Star Trek. Yeah, I sold a bunch of stuff. I sold a lot of stuff. Star Trek cups. No, no, I haven't sold those yet. Uh, That's just a post. I'm clinging to some of this stuff. <laughs> the uh, I can't let go completely to that or ex-girlfriends. Um, so so I've had this discussion with a certain person about how you need to start making food at home instead of eating out every meal like I have for 25 years. I've never cooked at home. Never, never, never. Same. No one believes me. They come over. There's not one item of food in my place ever. And today my goal was I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to buy groceries. And I couldn't do it because I don't know what to buy. Yes, I picked up peanut butter start. and yeah. jelly and bread, and I'm like, I don't know what else to get. And I and and I'm I'm not that dumb. I get it. If I want to make a salad, I know how to buy salad and vegetables and stuff. But I was like, I don't know where to start on stuff that's not just going to go bad. And do I want to eat is, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day? This and is I'll, me in the grocery store, yeah. and why I I don't also go to the grocery store. And I found recently, I'm just buying pre-packaged meals from Trader Joe's, and that's it. I'm yeah. done trying because I'll go that's to the grocery idea, store, and I'm so overwhelmed because I've never cooked. I don't know where to start, and it's the same thing with the antidepressants. I think, well, I'll learn how to cook first, and then I'll start buying stuff. But then, when am I going to actually learn how to cook? So then I don't buy anything at all that makes any sense in cooking's defense people have told me that cooking is a lot like meditation where especially when it takes a long time to prepare something your brain gets into a mode yeah that puts you in a much healthier state and yeah. then you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and that's a joyful experience too some people and then you have your maid quonsela clean it all up right well i the thought of dishes makes me lose my appetite so i'm just like i'm good now, is it? Is <laughs> it? <laughs> I'm not oh even kidding. God. The it, thought of dirty socks <laughs> makes me not want to put on shoes and go out. It's true. So I'll stay in yeah. bed, but that's how my brain works. Is the, Avoidance. Is, is in the food category, is it not being able to plan and execute, or is it not being able to do the self-care? The plan and execute. Yeah, so the self-care, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm decent with. I do work out. And actually, what I was going to say is on my Patreon page, I was talking about how I've been dancing in my backyard, mm-hmm. and it feels so good. Because I started working out, and there's this great little area that's got like you know sparkly like Christmas lights, and it's concrete. It's big open concrete, so I can work out back there. And I'm like, oh, I can dance, and no one will see me. And my brain, I can that's feel my it wake concern. up. But then I'm like, but then where am I going with this? So I'm just doing this know, like a weirdo it. in my try backyard. It. Figure it out. Keep, keep exploring. This, yeah. yeah, but your, your attitude, and I relate to this, but your attitude is a poor attitude because that's, this attitude. is like somebody who's 60 years old going, why would I buy a guitar and learn to play guitar? I'm never going to be a fresh, professional guitar player. Yeah, You're, that's how my brain works. It's the epitome of. Um, it's the journey, because that's all this really is, is a journey. There is no point we reach and go, oh, I finally made it to this, and this is great. you got to be content with this. With the, the it's, process. It's being present. It's like right here, like r- like right now, 
two of us are probably thinking, when is this over so we can go, go <laughs> is that lock ourselves? Thinking, or are you enjoying probably it? not Dr. Drew no, for I'm sure. Enjo- <laughs> I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying this company, and right. I feel honored to be here. Right. But, but in, what? in most circumstances, I would be like, when can I just go home, pull that door behind me, and then go... <sighs> you can enjoy okay, this now, and look forward to being at home. True. But this, like, this is a, a new revelation for me in the past few years, which that. is learning that it doesn't matter what the end goal is. Like if you're, I was just if talking you're a comedian on the mini pod. Lo- but if you love telling jokes, if you love being in front of an audience, then whether you bec- become a multimillionaire sitcom star or not isn't that big of a shift because you still get to get on stage. Like when you see a bar a band in a bar, when I was a kid I would go what a bunch of losers. Like they're a bar band and they're in their 60s. Yes, yes. But as an adult I go look at those Good guys they get to play music in their 60s. And they all have smiles on their faces. It was a. I've had a dramatic shift in this arrogance that this judgmental arrogance that I used to have, and I see that all the time when I hike. When I see celebrities that haven't done anything for a long time, if I was eighteen or nineteen, I'd be like, "What's that guy been up to?" Instead, I go, "Look what that guy got done, and look what he's doing today. He's hiking on a beautiful trail, probably behind his house, when I'm going to drive down the street to my apartment." Well, God, I just I hate repeating this, but we are so the same, and on that podcast I was talking about that I mentioned that I was talking about dancing I was also talking about just doing things for the pure enjoyment and doing them and how I still have such a hard time grasping that because I I love to sketch but then I think well what's the point no one's going to see the sketch who cares and then I realized oh it's because you enjoy the actual beauty and process of just sitting there and sketching and it doesn't need a bigger it doesn't need an audience but I can't Get, I think like you do. It, much deeper than that, because what's the point of meditating except for the fact that you're allowing your brain to relax and dig deeper for better ideas and, and put yourself in a state of mind that's going to give you less propensity for heart disease, for all kinds of stress, because you're letting it go. Right. And it's also teaching you to focus on other things. Like when, you can, when, when you've been so meditating. So that heart thing checked out. I know, but I'm, you're freaking me. I'm, I'm fucked. You're not fucked. No, I, I just take I the don't want to do it take, so bad. I don't want to do aspirin. it so bad. Take the aspirin. Okay. But but when you're doing stuff, sketching, dancing, you're increasing something in your brain that is carrying on yeah. and it's spreading out through everywhere else. And it's hard to see it because it's so small. But it really is. It's just like meditating. You're you're leaving your backyard after dancing a different person that might be a different way that you approach somebody. Hey, uh, or what happened to Mike Carano? Where'd he go? I don't know. <laughs> no, but, no, but I'm, His I'm, body's been taken I'm, over by some other dude. I'm trying to convince. <laughs> like, I'm I'm learning these lessons and trying to convince myself of it, because some some of this stuff becomes clear to me now and then. Where I go, oh, this isn't. I don't have to have a result that shows in. I, I'm for some reason thinking very selfishly too about it. I like one of my sons plays piano beautifully, and I was just today thinking to myself, God, I miss him playing the Chopin and the Czech and the. Uh, Rachmaninoff, I'm going to ask him to play it. Then I thought, oh, I'm paying an ass for him. But I, I got so much out of it, just him playing in the background. Yeah, I so too. If he says he doesn't want to, you could be like, who's paying the mortgage on this? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it's just the point being is that artistic expression stuff affects right, a lot. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's and who knows where that goes. Do, you, I mean, ever people... feel, do you ever feel down? Oh, I mean, yeah. I used to, I've, I had long arc depressions. You did? I think, really? I think I'm a little bipolar. And I think... Uh, really? I was depressed from like 9 to 19. Is that weird that that makes me feel good? 
No, you should feel okay, good. good. We're all human. That feels good. Yeah. Um, but I think I was a little manic for many years, too. So I just the amount of workaholism and stuff, I think some of that was manic. Did you resolve it? or uh, like uh, there are A lot of therapy stuff, I seem to sort of cool down a bit. Yeah. Although I still, people still accuse me of being somewhat that way. How how jealous are you that he can manifest his depression into workaholism? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I'm like, I need another nap. Me too. I need another non-sleeping I nap where I just lay in bed. Today. And then I, complain I that nap. I don't have any money. Like, I... What's up? I wish I could nap. Right. And I mean, I, I'm at the point where I'm napping so much, I want to give them away. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll, they're so, yours. So can you nap on vacation? I can nap if if there's time to nap. It's just finding time to nap is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I've been tired lately. I but think Mike and I both just have too much time alone to ruminate on everything that's wrong. That may be true. And we refuse to way. put ourselves in a position to not be able to do it because my mom will say, if you just go get something to, cause I, I'm, I'm okay. Like I can support myself with what I'm doing. I don't need to go somewhere to have like a day job, but my mom will, and my sister, they're like, go just get a job. At, cause I love doing makeup. Yeah. They're like, just go work at a makeup counter during the day. It was very weird. I'm really not. I, there was a time for some reason, I, I, about 10 years ago or maybe Maybe fifteen even, but but I, I had some downtime during the day. I don't know why I couldn't. I can't figure out what happened because it's in my it's behind me now. But I literally started chopping wood during the day. <laughs> I swear to God, I just started chopping wood. That's every a day. man who was bored and needing and, to and get I out. I can't figure out how I had the time to do it or what was going on in my life. The real but, question but I is, I thought that was a good idea. Did you already have an axe? <laughs> no, I used uh, I used uh, uh, like a rail splitter and a sledgehammer. Wow! Yeah, wow! And wow. I did it every day, and I was like, "What the hell was I doing? How did I get? What was that?" Was your wife like another fire? It's, it's 103 so outside. <laughs> it's the so fireplace insane. going. Jesus, it's weird. That's great, people. This is but but, see, but, that's, but, that's but I guess the right I, use of those. I was going to say, but yeah. I but I needed need to be doing something. Right, that's yeah. that. And so. Mike would benefit, and I'm sure I would benefit from chopping wood. We just won't go out and do it. Yeah, I don't understand the initiation problem. I don't Why can't you initiate? The first step feels like the biggest step. Yeah, in the, the initiation. World. And there's there's a biology to initiation. Every job I've pot, ever done. Pot blocks some of that. You smoke a lot of pot? No. Did you ever? I never smoked pot. Uh. It's it, funny it because when I first met her, I thought she was just a stoner hippie chick. I, I know. I swear to God, I was like, oh, that's that stoner <laughs> I'm hippie so chick. I'm so disappointing. I'm so disappointed. So she naturally has that brain mechanism. I do. That's the thing is that's why I don't smoke pot is because I already feel so lethargic. But maybe if you smoke, you go the other way. I know. That's true. I need you Mike. to go back to the initiation process for um, mo- because everything I've ever done that I was proud of was n- it's close to impossible, obviously not impossible, to start. Once I got it s- started, it was like an engine turning on, and it kept on going. Yeah, initiation is a specific biological event. But starting it was yeah. so... Like, there have probably been... A hundred for every one thing I've ever done. Well, and there are also there are psychological barriers. Not there, first of all, there's this biological thing. Your brain has to go from idea to plan to initiate. Right? That you know, s- wanting to sit up and then doing it is a those are two different phenomena, right? But you have all this stuff about failure and versus success and what it means, yeah. and that all gets in the way too. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's much more difficult to motive, be self motivated than it is to show, go, show up to a job where somebody tells you yes, this needs to be that's done. That's right. To, just, to have structure, it's called structure. You, maybe you guys need structure. And you don't have. I, it. I know. I just had an amazing idea that you should go to therapy. And just tell me what they say to you so I that will. I don't have to go to therapy because we, the we say the same exact thing. Yes. Because you're the same person. Right. I've almost thought about, I didn't almost think about it. I mentioned it, that uh, I will share what my therapist says with podcast listeners for 25 bucks a pop. <laughs> 
How about the, co- the coach? <laughs> 200 bucks. The 200. coach. She's yeah, the, the life that's coach. More, that's more stuff. I'm sure she would be thrilled with the fact that I'm, instead of helping her, her motivate, <laughs> instead of helping her uh, promote her business, I'm just selling, giving her information her out for free. So for your, co- I'm going to uh, do some segments in a second, which I forgot to tell you about uh, before we started. But uh, before could initiate them? No, because it's a step, it's a first step to something and I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just um, got a hot flash all of a sudden. I just got really warm. Oh, no, that's... Where's the aspirin? That's nerve-wracking. Let me see your pulse. I think it's the temperature in the room. It is kind of weirdly stuffy in here. Go ahead. What What are these things you have to initiate? Okay, so... Uh, Wait, you can do that at the same time as <laughs> yeah. talking? Well, Mike's yeah. dying. I'm just going to no, tell you... This is worse than the dancing <laughs> surgeon. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. Uh, so I always do segments on the show, and... Uh, some of them are silly. Some of them are a little bit more serious. But uh, today I have a, a who's so I do this thing called who sadder, and the the who sadder is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank looking, you. Aren't you happy you did this? Who sadder? Drive off the bridge up near your house. Okay, well. You go home? Okay, well here's a who sadder just off the cuff. Who sadder? Doctor Drew before he did the show or Doctor Drew after he did the show? After. Okay, that's what she I doesn't thought. mean sadder literally. She means like more pathetic. Yeah, I mean, both. Yeah, yes. I'm sadder in all respects. Okay. <laughs> all dimensions of sadness. <laughs> well, this, the sadder was supposed to be, like, themed with the religion thing. So uh, who is sadder? Someone who was a believer in God and then was proved wrong but led a beautiful moral life? Or the guy who was an atheist his whole life and then dies and finds out he was right? Like, who's sadder? The, the, well, the, the, the atheist would be led a shitty life. So he said, so you if don't, he, if he led just a, a, a depraved life because he was an atheist, that's a sad situation. Right. Right. So you don't think that someone who, I don't think you need religion to lead, to treat other people well and lead a good moral life. Yeah. But, I don't either. You, Cause you're, you but if the religion like, helped them do it fine. But you made it seem like the woman, the person was longing to go out and do bad stuff. Yeah. And they didn't because of the <laughs> religious restraints. <laughs> and then they found out it wasn't true. And they're like, fuck, I could have been raping. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I guess I'm, Yes, I guess that's kind of what I what I meant. But I'm really frustrated right now because I think my note, my note page got erased oh, or no. something. So I'm I'm a little frustrated because I had it, had them all planned. Oh. Um, there, there is no uh, arguing with people about religion, right? Like there is. That's what's so frustrating about religious fervor and religious intensity. It defies conversation, and it's it turned into political mind- fervor. It's turned and, to everything. Yeah. Flat Earth. That the whole the flat Earth people drive me out of my mind. I can't even imagine it. To be ignorant. Is a problem to me, like like but there is no telling someone you're ignorant and them going, oh right, oh, you're, you're right, right, I am because they're no, so ignorant right. they don't but know. But to go, what's a molecule? How does it work? How let's talk about thermodynamics and let's talk about entropy and enthalpy and how this works. And if you don't know about those things, you don't know. And that's that's Dunning Kruger effect. Then that's that's called the Dunning Kruger effect. It's how people can get up on American Idol and sing like crap and then say, oh, "Wasn't that great?" Because they don't have the exposure, the information. Oh. It's called Dunning Kruger. Oh, that's cool. There's an actual yeah, name for so, that. And so, look, there's, I think there's I a Dunning, lot to Dunning know. Kruber. Was the, it called Kruger? Dunning Kruger. <laughs> Dunning Kruger. There's a lot to that's know. Right. You guys have the you have like the imposter <laughs> effect. It was the opposite of Dunning Kruger. It's the opposite. Right. Um, is that good? It's terrible. I'm too dumb to even. Com- I'm like, <laughs> no, is that a good? Is that a better one? That's that fraud thing you keep talking about. But but it's it's like let's let's you know I, the fact that people can't think critically and don't know mathematics and and believe that. What they see is reality. So the, vision so is the ultimate ar- ar- yeah. arbiter of reality. 
No, no. There yeah. are instruments we use to penetrate right. reality and, and, and mathematics, and they, they don't understand that. That's very frustrating. I'm assuming a perfect example that probably drove you up the wall was the uh, OJ jury not understanding DNA. <sighs> like, I don't mean them... I'm not insinuating that these a bunch of dummies didn't. I'm I'm meaning the lawyers using their lack it of understanding at against. That time, right? They they were just they were just confusing everybody. That's all they were doing. They right. were just do, using. But everything didn't that drive you crazy? The whole thing drove me crazy. So that's you know. But when you see someone take science and just blur it all out so that people think it's all hocus pocus bullshit, yes, yes. doesn't that is that the thing that you well I, for I mean, you as I, a scientist? No, no, because here's the deal: if if a scientist gets up and goes, all science gets disproved. You, that's the science is about the project of disproving mm-hmm. the the current available wisdom. And certain amounts of it does get overturned or it gets pushed forward in certain ways. And we get a closer and closer version of the truth. And the more we can predict the future with our models, the more accurate they are, the more reflective of reality. But to say that something is, is true today in science and is not true tomorrow doesn't bother me at all. And so, But if you don't have that experience of having things overturned, I can see how you could use that fact to make people believe that it's all bullshit. Right? As opposed to a more refined version of reality, a more, a more, a more accurate. Like, look, Newton's mechanics, mechanical engineering, right? F equals ma. Newton, Isaac Newton. Is that the apple falling from the tree right. thing? That wasn't wrong. That was right at certain scales. But now Einstein came up with something more accurate at much different scales and is much closer to reality. E equals micro and, and, twelve. And and more <laughs> mathematically accurate. Doesn't mean that Newton was wrong. It's just we have a better version now. Yeah. I just think it's a tra- tragedy that Einstein was so smart and did all this work to then have his name be used in a sarcastic way. Yeah, like, nice right, job, Einstein. Einstein. <laughs> He's yeah. like all this brains and everything. Are you for watching this? the Genius series on that National no, Geographic? No. So good. The Einstein yeah. one, but the Picasso ones, amazing. You told me about it. Amazing. But does uh, does it seem like the chasm between smart people in science and everyone else? Is getting bigger with, the, with I, uh, yes. as time passes, and not because that... the, not because of smart people are science, because our educational system is failing. I blame our educational system just to expose. It doesn't happen in other countries. But other the, countries, the, they are, by the time they're twelve, they are exposed to thought. What? But how do you convince people to create an educational system that's actually based in reality, and and, and educate? Well, again, not to rehash conversations, but they don't t- talk about finances and. School. They don't. No one teaches you how to pay your bills. No one teaches thought, you how to get a job. Reading, writing, analytical process. The fact Great that works. my dad could be a teacher in our system says the system's broken. Uh oh, why? <laughs> because <laughs> my dad, he he's he's an Italian dude who makes pizza, and he was a biology teacher. Mm-hmm. Like it made no sense. And I sat in in his class once when I graduated from high school, and I was like, no wonder all your students fail. Uh, our Can't mutual, even understand a word our you're mutual saying. friend Anderson, his dad was nothing short of an absolute crazy bully to him and the fact that he was a psychiatrist oh he was psychologist but he like one story out of the hundreds that we've heard that this isn't even the worst one but there was a kid who would grab anderson by the wrists and bully him when he was a kid and one day his dad hid in the house waiting for the kid to walk down the street and grabbed anderson and and put vaseline on his wrists and told him you're going to go out there he's going to grab your wrist he's going to slip and that's when you punch him in the face and anderson was a little kid like scared and shaking and his dad pushed him out in the street get this kid to fight this guy with Vaseline on his wrist wow. so the guy couldn't grab him. Wow. And and that kind of thing happened all the time where Anderson's dad would fight. But I mean, imagine what that... was a severe narcissist. But he severe was a psychologist and he would talk to patients yeah. and stuff. Right, right, right. My dad was just a, just a joke teller who shouldn't have 
been anywhere yeah. near science. So back to this uh, <laughs> Potomac. <laughs> 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 I just pictured your dad, George Washington. He making the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pepperoni. That's what, that's what hey. it was like. Thomas Jefferson. He the has the cell, pizza. He the can molecule. cook a four pizzas at the same time. <laughs> the organelles. Isn't that a book reading machine he invented? No, no. It was <laughs> multiple pizzas going around <laughs> in a circle. The he biology of tomato sauce. Okay, uh, so uh, just to, so I guess I don't want to keep you here all night. Um, I mean, I do, but yeah, you know, four you in the life. morning. Uh, yeah, we're still going. Mike and I are still. It's, just, it's, so, ah. it's so ironic that you guys who can't initiate things also can't stop <laughs> well, once you start thing. things. You start rolling down hills. It's like, where are we? It's what time of the morning is it? <laughs> okay, well, he w- two times ago when he was on my podcast, both of us were like, we're not in the mood. We don't want to talk. Neither. Two and a half hours later, it was a two-hour podcast. Yeah. And that was because we had to stop it too. It would have been a four-hour podcast. I did. I'm sorry to hijack it again. <laughs> I uh, I had a very important conference call that lasted an hour that was very stressful. And you know how those calls, those business calls go, where it just takes it out of you. Yeah. That was interrupted by my life coach, who was at my house for three hours and fifteen minutes, and beat the shit out of me. Like we got so much. It was all work. It was not fun, chit-chatty conversation. It was, let me see your lists. Let's start making these phone calls. We're going to put that stuff over there. We're going to clean this room. We're going to get this out of here. Were, then, you, were you angry the whole time? Or you've enjoyed, I was you so exhausted it? by the time she left. I, could, I barely had time to lay down and take a nap and be depressed. <laughs> but I took a nap, and then I had to go to therapy. And I was bitter about therapy because I'm like, I don't have it in me to talk Why are you telling us the story? Because I'm Because I got to my therapist's <laughs> office, and I went, I don't even know why I'm keeping this appointment. I have nothing to say. I did two podcasts last night. I've had nothing but conversations since 9 in the morning. And then I proceeded to have a meltdown and talk at a high rate of speed for over an hour till she had to cut me off and go, we're done. And I'm like, real quick, also. And I, I was like, Do you ever have any? I, had, I have weird experiences in therapy where I'd fall into these trauma dead spots. Oh, what is that? Trauma, trauma associated dead spots, Alan Shore calls them, where I would just drop into like a fugue state. And the, rather than talking at a high rate of speed, I'd sort of, I'd sort of, Go into like a hypnotic state or something, and I just next thing I have, she go, "Time's up." What's, go, a, what's like, a positive? Oh, wow, remarkable, because because I think that's where some of my emptiness was. That I, I had a lot of emptiness and longing and those kinds of feelings, and they just sort of the more I got able to move in and out of those spots, willfully, uh, and they just sort of sealed up. Wow. Very weird, very hmm. weird stuff. Quick question. Yeah. So when you say work through past trauma, what does that usually involve? Because every time I go to therapy, it's just me talking and them nodding, and then then I go home and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel resolved. I just yeah. feel like I it it should be you co-creating with them some new experience of your emotional landscape, some co-created, like like a really good therapist will be able to call upon dissociated parts of you. Okay. Like that's why I that's why I'm really good at that and so I was like saying there's some terror I could feel the terror. I just know this terror way off over here somewhere uh that is unresolved. Yeah, and this is my bad side so it is probably there. It's probably there. <laughs> just but it's over there somewhere and it and it, I could just kind of feel it off in the distance. And um somebody needs to like be with that and present and just as you explore that, and when you're doing the eye movement thing, it's really easy to access all that stuff. Ah, okay. So okay, well, I want you to try it so you can tell I, me if it I works. I want to try it. it. Sounds amazing. I it just had well. a weird picture of you leaving and then coming back to get your glasses, and I've got my hand around <laughs> the throat. Going, you ever bring up that terror again, you bitch? <laughs> Shining the light in my eyes. 
Um, okay, so stealing her glasses uh, and contacts. <laughs> yeah, my eyes are going every which way. So I uh, want to see that now. I, 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 I bet I, you she's attractive with the with the eyes moving around. No, because yeah. it's it's not a cute one. I'm telling you, it's not like the girl who looks like she's just like hi. How, how do you know you're? Th- yeah. you think everything sucks. Yeah, uh, that's true. So, that's a so good point. what are we talking? You're probably about? wrong. It's what probably are we talking about? Cute. How far? Wh- oh, it goes all the way. So my left one is more severe, and it will go directly into the absolute corner of my. You'll eye. see it all the way drift into the corner. Drifts in all the way, okay. and it's when I try to look at something far away. If I look close, oh, so I can it'll, keep it'll it. flip over. Okay, it but it won't. It won't. St- when you're looking straight ahead. So if I was looking at you right now at this distance and yeah. I didn't have my contacts in, yeah. my eye would be crossed, trying to focus on you, because basically you my would drift a little bit or would go all the way in. Go all the way. Wait, in. what? What does the contact do? The so basically the contacts take away the work that my eye is trying to do to focus, because it's working so hard to focus that it can't it's like multitasking and so it's either going to try to focus and because that's so hard for it it is going to lose its strength and go inward and so when you take away that work it couldn't it will stay straight i don't know i guess that's how i've been explained it my whole life so okay so a little segment uh is called 50 shades of gray but gray isn't sad Uh Um, and so I know there's more than 50 shades on here. But oh, look at that. <laughs> do you think this is going to get wrapped up do with I some pick, happiness? Do I pick a shade of gray? <laughs> yeah, so where is your mood on the scale so you can add the numbers together? But I, f- I sort of think of gray as somewhat a happy color. Well, go- gray goes all the way to black. No, I know. But so I'm black's sort of the like, sad. White's gray. No, I understand, gray. but I'm like right here. Six and 50. Like six and 50 or seven how and 50. How is this a thing? Okay, I, I made. I mean, I just found this and I made this up. This is just <laughs> I, there's no science. So sort of middle. So I post it on the internet and then I show people what we're looking at and I'm like, what's where are you on the scale <laughs> of sadness? So you're six. Scale of sadness. Okay, I mean you're. Mike and I are going to Disneyland this weekend. I think we have to go. Then you guys will be all the way at, at one. The white. Yeah. Or we'll be all the way in the black. <laughs> yeah. The heat and the crowds. Yeah, that's a good point. And what are you, Mike? I don't. I don't really know how this works. Like, just are just you black? Happy color. Black is super sad. White okay. is your super happy. And what is white's up here? Thi- okay. Just pick a color. Um, like right now, how do I feel? Just yeah. play along, my boy. <laughs> just say something. Get it over with. We want to go home. Did nothing change? Uh, no, no, nothing's gonna change. Just tell me the number, and then uh, I'll seven uh, thirty. Oh, you're lighter than Drew. About that. Wow. See? Well, you can't. Now who needs a therapy? We don't get commentary after you just said, pick a number. Just pick a number. (laughs) Throw a dart. And then you're like, that's fascinating. You're more happy than I am right now. Well, for me, for example, I know you guys are curious what I am. Um, Like today, all day, I was basically. Okay, what douchebags is that? Because that didn't even occur to me. (laughs) What? I'm like, game's over, right? (laughs) (laughs) I got my score. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Got to pee again. Well, that would normally be me, but I have to be cordial to you guys because you're my guests. Um, so I would, this morning, all day, basically, I was probably at like an 89, like super dark mm. because I was just like alone. I had nothing to do. Now I'm probably at like a 42. Yeah, you're still with us. Okay. Right. You're it's like, it. so like my brain will start to perk up as the day goes, but it takes me, it's like revving my engine for hours and hours and hours until yeah. I finally What about go. exercise? Does that get you going at all? I do exercise and it makes me feel okay for the moment and then it doesn't sustain me. You know, like I'll feel good good for about an yeah, hour. Yeah, but then go do something right then. That's the problem is that I'll go home and then you have nothing it's to quiet. Do. Yeah. Structure. There's something it is structure, there's something I mean. I've noticed from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous that seems to be the case with most people there and we have this certainly which is overthinking. And once you start overthinking something, there is pretty much no good out. 
No. It's it never goes. Oh, I overthought this problem, and then <laughs> the I found a solution, thing, right? and I'm content. It's always like you jump into, but what if this happens? I I got this opportunity, but what if I screwed up? And what if this happens? And then sometimes I'll build the worst case scenario and play it out in my head to the point where I also actually feel like I'm affected by that. It's just basically Mike. Are. Mike and I think are walking around with. Maybe you guys got. Five hundred pounds. Maybe you guys had read a little positive psychology. There's a whole positive psychology field. I tried to be positive a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so after Mike did my podcast about it's a month ago, children, to you. <laughs> I tried that. It I don't work. want to. I don't want to. Where are my cookies? Do you want me to carry you guys? Yes, also? <laughs> please. But after Mike did my show about a month ago, he was being so positive that the next week I did the podcast on positivity because I started waking up every morning and going on a hike after yeah. I had talked to you. And it was yeah. so funny because I think Mike got scared that I was going to ask him to hike together. But I'm like, don't worry, I'm not going to hike with you. I would have done it. I don't know about that. The, uh, but w- I was trying and then I crashed. Thinking, yeah. But I, yeah, it's like, but I think I... Because you guys have thinking problems. Yeah. Stinking thinking. Yes. But again, to go back to... I'm sorry to rehash this, but I need a direct. A- I need. I. I need whatever this is. What I know, if I wake up at seven, I sit there. I write three pages. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Go Gibberish ideas. Yeah. yeah. I get things off my chest. You were good. I sit and meditate for ten minutes. I put on my shoes. I hike for forty-five minutes. I get some coffee. I come home. I'm glad you specified you put on your shoes. No, but I mean, I. That's my. The, my. I have like a pattern. It has to go in the exact so same do it. way. What's the problem? You run out of gas. I just. You you can only Stop. do it for so long. I Is it the fuck you stuff? I I, I, I want to say yes, but I think it's something deeper than that. I think it's it's I, I think secretly I don't want a solution, and even though it feels like it's going to kill me if I don't find a solution, but it feels like I really well, don't want. Sometimes you got to figure out why you're attached to the negativity. You literally have a, like you're in love with being negative. Like it's it's some attachment. Like it's you're only attached. well. I'll tell you this much: is the anger issue. It was pointed out to me, and I agree with this that it's a it's a drug. Yeah, you get high from like it. Like you yeah. feel, and and like my therapist has told it's comforting. me, comforting for me. Yeah, that's exa- she goes. It's a safe. It's comfort. Yeah, because you know chaos, and when you're outside of chaos, you don't feel you don't. Yeah. you're scared, and I don't know how that's supposed to help me knowing that information, but I'm hoping it does. Mm-hmm. Well, don't look at me. <laughs> Both of you guys are looking at me like, uh, is that going right. to help him? Is <laughs> that <laughs> it? You guys ready to drink the Kool Aid? <laughs> Well, I, I know for myself in therapy, I needed cognitive reassurance before I could step into the emotional stuff I needed to do. That's just the way I worked. I'm sorry to be so dumb. I what needed does that to, mean? I, need, like, I needed to understand things just the way you're describing, and then I could sort of seemingly get into the emotional, experiential material better that way. Or yeah, more well, yeah, what's, what are, what are, I'll say we, but what, like in my circumstance, what am I gaining by realizing that? Like what am I gaining by realizing these never-ending road trips that I take are well, hopefully really you can choose to do something different a distraction you can choose to do something different and then see how you feel okay. about it and then you can talk about it in therapy when you take your road trips do you go to bed that night going that was a good day I go to bed that night mentally exhausted so I can sleep but like, your goal is to try to have good days from now on so that means eliminating you're going the back trips. to the, uh, the meditating and the hiking and the writing you're right. going back to that and the and the life coach and the selling the bullshit and the yeah. This is what happens to me is I'll do something like Mike's doing, which is really positive, and then I feel like I run out of gas, and when I run out of gas, I run out hard, and then I have about two or three days where I am stuck. You, are you hormonally good? Everything like I think I no, I think I get very 
depressed around my period. I don't know if I have PMDD or not, but I do get extremely depressed about two or three days before I get my period. Like dark. Is that dark a normal depressed. thing to have happen? It, it, I mean, if you're already depressed, it can get a little worse then, but if, if it, it depends how But what's much. happening hormonally that's making her more depressed when she's on... Uh, progesterone uh, makes people depressed. Does it just okay. spike or drop? Or? It, it's, it goes up, yeah, and then, then drops. Yeah. Is it the drop that's the bad part? No, it's actually the progesterone itself can, can make some people depressed, yeah. Well, I didn't get my period for like three years mm-hmm. when I was 19 or so. Yeah. And I was working out excessively. Mm-hmm. I do think I had a lot of muscle. I think that some had something to do with it. But I, but it was interesting because I wasn't experiencing my period, but I was depressed. So I, I wasn't getting PMS or anything, but I, it was like my hormones seemed like they were still going. You know what I mean? But I, I wasn't getting a, a period at all. I don't mean to be too personal here, but as a I woman... I just brought my period. You can go there. But as, but, uh, yeah, but as a woman who's only 19 years old, was your, did you have a sex drive when you weren't getting your period? I never had a sex, sex drive. Yeah? No. I, no, I wasn't at all. No. Because wouldn't that be a bad time to not get your period? Like right at that age where you're... It can go both ways. Hey, because it probably kept me from being a little bit of a hoe. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, with, if you had no sex drive, why would you want to be home? Well, that's what I'm saying. It didn't give me a sex drive. Oh. Like, so it kept me. No motivation. Yeah, I had no diseases to worry about. Every time I went to the doctor, I felt so braggy because they're like, how many sexual partners have you had? I'm like, none. <laughs> Twinkle in my eye, like, ding. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I always felt very proud of that. I am, um, is, uh, is having a lot of, se- not sex, tr- yeah, sex drive, is that a, is that a sign of confidence or a? It can go both ways, right? But I mean, can is it possible to have a sex drive when you're depressed? It makes it more difficult. Sometimes you lose it. I think that's what I was asking. Yeah. So why do you lose it? I was trying to talk about this on an episode, but like, um, what what happens that takes that away specifically? You know, I it's got to have something to do with the obviously the specific chemistry that's going on. It's got. It, I, but what's weird is that we give you serotonin enhancing drugs, you go, it gets even worse. You really, know I mean? yeah. you get less. Yes. Oh yeah, because on on my antidepressant, it's always that's a thing. It's like the yep. low sex drive. Yeah, it's very very common. So weird. so I, I think the way to think about the low sex drive is y- your body sort of goes. The the first thing to go when your body goes into a a um, survival mode is sex drive. Like if you're if you stop eating, if you're not putting nutrition in, boom, that's the first thing that goes. So it's sort of a, like a like your for lack of a better way of describing and this is very non-biological you so your life forces start to drop right mm-hmm. so you everything's going downward you're you can't you can't you have no stamina you have no is like, that because your body is and you may go into sort of a survival kind is of it like loosely interpreting that you're not healthy and you shouldn't reproduce I, from an evolutionary biology standpoint maybe i think mike and i should listen <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be having kids maybe when you're depressed, right? And maybe the reason you're depressed is that you're in the middle of a catastrophe, and maybe you shouldn't be bringing children into that. Yeah. You know? Again, I'm trying not to. I, I, I'm trying not to do this for shock value, be, but I, I, I masturbate a lot more when I'm excited about sure. life. And sure. So and going or, to Disney is going to bring out no, the masturbation. No, that's not <laughs> Never associate my masturbating with Disney again. <laughs> God damn you. Now I can't go. Season pass revoked. I ruined the one thing that you enjoy. No, I... I, I um, of course. Like Vi- when, vitality when and, and that's all yeah. part of you know sex. But I also hear about people that are severely depressed that just go get hookers and stuff. And I don't get yeah, how they do that. That's like somebody... It's, that's more of an addiction mode. Trying to deal with... Trying to manage the depression. So, quick question. I'm going to say that again. I said that a minute ago. Uh, someone was on my podcast recently who uh, had experienced incredible trauma in their childhood. And she went to, I don't know if it was a psychiatrist, but she went to someone and they just said, You're, you wouldn't, basically they said, you wouldn't be depressed if it weren't for your background. Sure. So, 
can someone's chemicals change oh, of course. and become depressed because oh, of, of the background, even Absolutely. though their heredity isn't? hundred percent. Okay. I mean, trauma, trauma, trauma survivors are often have mood disturbances. Right, right, right. But it's because yeah. it, I get curious. There's what one the right difference. here. But physical, <laughs> but physical things can change your chemistry as well, right? Like possibly getting hit in the head or. Sure. Yeah. So right, it's right. like so fragile. Yeah, yeah. It's a I fragile. Mean, it's our brain is a very like, fragile. Instrument. Yeah, a little Fabergé. But aren't eggs. you shocked that people don't have these dramatic changes all the time? In. I'm saying in in the course of my life of the like from a child to to now the adults that I've known. They they were how they were for most of the time. I never saw somebody in my immediate family, or I'm sure I've seen people it, change. It's remarkable we are as static and homeostatic yeah. as, as we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that, by the same token, though, to change is really hard. People think that you know, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to change that. Yeah. It's hard and really hard to sustain it. You know, what's easier than changing? Becoming a, a self help guru. Yeah. And pretending like you're going to change people. Yeah. Oh. Or loosely changing them on the surface. Making them feel like they're changing yeah. and then not changing. That's easy. Lot, getting lots of this in the yeah. process, a lot of money. So, Someone so told me I could do that once I finish this process of fixing my life, that I could become like the, the new guru to help people fix their lives. Just don't do let it. them find any of these podcasts. Uh, this could be your, this could be your <laughs> film, Mike. This could be it. Yeah, it, it is. The rise it to is. the, right. the, the path to guru. I, I finally get to combine my longing to start a cult this is where it happens. With actually being of service. You're really going to take, you're going to actually going to pull out this footage and put it on the film the moment it happened. Here it is. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's here witnessing it. it. It's going to cost you, though. You got <laughs> it. <laughs> well, Dr. Drew, thank you so much for having uh, us. Fun. That was great. Thank you for having us. Mike, you not so much. No, I know. <laughs> uh, so, what's your radio show again now? It's on K- uh, KBC K- in Los Angeles, right. KGO in uh, San Francisco, uh, noon to three. Are you with Check Mike Catherwood still on there? No, I'm with Lauren Savant. Oh, she, okay. uh, she's great. And uh, I do podcasts. Go to doctor.com. i got a few opioid series there that you can read all about how we got into this opiate mess. We've got uh, me and Adam every day. We've got the Dr. Drew podcast. We have me and Bob Forrest, This Life. And then me and Mike do do a po- me and Mike Catherwood do do a, po- a podcast called Swole Patrol. What? Health and Fitness. Not this one. Oh. Mike Catherwood. Oh, Mike Catherwood. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you're definitely not Catherwood. You're very far I, from I, I lay on a cot while he talks about working out, <laughs> <laughs> asking them to keep it down. <laughs> um, and Mike, obviously, thank you so much. And listen to Mike's My podcast. My um, pleasure. The, uh, the, oh, I always get it right. I'm and so I'm not going to interrupt you. Now I'm Miscellaneous buckling. adventures Miscellaneous from the adventures. world of Mike Right, I knew that. Um, and so uh, thanks for listening. And remember, rate the show five stars. Support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash mentallychill. And remember, stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad.